you've been recording the whole time, right? Yes. So, so at least one of us is doing what they're supposed to be doing. <laughs> um. Say something. Testing, test, test. Saying something. This is me saying something. Test, test. All right. All right. So, how do you know that? the person you're with is the right person for you. Oh, wow. Just coming out the gate swinging, huh? No, I'm not coming out of the gate swinging, Alexis. This is the second time I'm asking because someone forgot to record. <laughs> or someone's, someone's recording stopped. So, I mean, I don't know why you're <laughs> pretending. Like, you didn't know I was going to ask you that. I thought we had this type of you know, thing going, and you're just putting me out here. Nah, I, I don't nah, appreciate nah. it. Nah, because we keep it real. We keep it 100. Um, what's it called? You were going to tell me why you're asking me in the first place. Oh, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, how do you know? It's kind of like, how do you know? How do you know? How do I know she's the one? How do I know he's the one? How do I, you know, like, you kind of put yourself out there. Dating is so turbulent. It sucks and whatever, and you invest in this person. How do you know that? That investment's going to pay off. So, yeah, the reason I'm asking is because um, <laughs> I was driving and I saw a couple in a car. And the dude was picking his nose in a way. <laughs> I mean, it was with such fervor and commitment. He was wow. violently picking his nose. His index yeah. finger was like up to the first knuckle practically. Like he was oh, looking wow. for something that he lost back in 1987. Yeah. And it was almost Did like... eye contact? I was... Well, here's what's interesting. I was trying to make eye contact with the woman in the car who I'm assuming was his significant other. Just to really see if she was okay with this. And I could tell <laughs> that they were just having a casual conversation that had nothing to do with the lost item that he was searching for in his nose. Right, right. right. She was completely unbothered by it. And they were kind of like laughing and joking. And she was like almost telling him a story. And I could like kind of like muffled hear what they were saying. Like, yeah. I could hear the tone of their voice. So I could mm -hmm. tell, like, she was telling him a story and he's reacting while he's digging for gold. And it hit me. I said, yo, they're perfect for each other. There's never right. been a more perfect couple. Like, the puzzle piece, the you completely me type of vibe. Like, I saw it and I felt it. Because there's no mm -hmm. way in hell... That any other woman is going to just sit there and talk about her day at work or whatever they were talking about. While this dude is like assaulting his, his own nostril and <laughs> half so of that, men wouldn't feel that comfortable doing that in front of any person, including their significant other. To the degree that he was, you know, a quick, like, a quick pick or whatever, like, oh, something's bothering you, you gotta do that. Alright, fine. Yeah. But I mean, just like, working it and work, <laughs> like a, 
like a oh, shiatsu God. deep tissue massage. Did I say that right? Yeah. Is it shiatsu? Is that a thing? I, or is that a dog? It sounds good. I, oh, I don't know okay. what that is. I think it's it a dog, no? Like, no, a dog is a shih tzu. Shih tzu is a dog. But anyways, yeah. And he, they're just talking. <laughs> and it, it lasted the whole time of the light. However long right. the light was, like I never saw him put his finger in. When I pulled up, it was already in. And I never saw him pull it out. When we drove off, it was still in there. Maybe it was glued in there and they were on their way to the ER and joking about... Like, I don't know, like... But it was incredible. I said, yo, that's true love, man. And you that's... I think, like, after, you know, time passes that those things just don't become a big deal anymore? Bro, I'm telling you right like, now, I'm never going to be okay with someone picking their nose like that in front of me. And then... <laughs> well, I didn't see it, so I don't know how aggressive it really it was, was. It but... was disgusting. And yeah. I'm not even, like, a, oh, that's gross type of person like oh everything is gross and oh, feet are gross <laughs> and hands are gross and sneezing like i'm not even like that but that's yo picking your nose you know wherever he got to he shook like four people's hands and forget uh... forget covid19 uh this dude is spreading boogers 19 like you know he's <laughs> like you know what i mean like wherever he got to he's giving high fives and picking up finger foods and handing it to people and they're on their way to brunch you know he's doing something gross so yeah like there's no way at any level in a relationship anyone should be okay with that i mean they're perfect for each other she's probably as nasty as he is what if that's his sister and you really can't say anything it's like you're gross i know there's no whatever there's no sibling no sibling is going along with that <laughs> no. <laughs> so like, it's only true love and true love alone. Yeah. So how do you know? Yeah, like, I was actually gonna approach this question like with seriousness, but I, now I, I don't even know. I am being um, serious. Yeah, I I don't think that. I guess you're right. I guess when you get to that point of not caring about the flaws of your significant other and you can sit in it comfortably like that, you really are meant for each other. But you, you'll you never know that before it's, you know, too late. It's so funny how we're all different. Like, I, I know... Um, I know someone who said they'll never let their husband see them without makeup. I don't know how that's possible. I don't know, okay. like, to what yeah, lengths... I know people have this thing about pooping. Like, you'll never see me poop, like ever or i'll never fart in front of you right 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 i mean if you have the energy to keep that up i know right your whole life power to you yeah yeah um yeah there there was uh i have a friend whose sister had has uh implants and the husband doesn't know and i just kind of think that's like kind of weird like that falls into a weird category because I feel like he doesn't need to know. Like, it, but at the same time, like, not necessarily. Because what if he's like the point person for if something happens to her, you know, an emergency contact? Right, right, right. And They're like, has she ever had? Has she wrong. ever had any surgeries? Like, you know, right. Um, and he doesn't know. But it's just weird because I just I get it in a in a certain way. Like, no, he doesn't need to know. It's my body, whatever. Oh, you know, okay. Like along those lines, I can kind of, 
I I understand. But w- what is it that you're worried about? That right? What would be the <laughs> harm is, in him knowing? It's kind of weird. And now, like, it's funny how those things get away from you. Like the longer it there it takes, the more awkward mm-hmm. it is. It's almost like when you're having yeah. a conversation with someone and you don't know their name, and de- and a couple days go by, like some random coworker that you know but you don't know, and but you're supposed to know their name. Right. And before you know it, it's six months and you don't know their name, and you're not gonna say after the four hundredth conversation, "Oh, hey, uh, what was your name again?" <laughs> I'm the person that will ask after our fortieth conversation. For real? Like, I'm oh, so man. sorry. My memory. It's just please. <laughs> Please tell me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, yeah, the longer you lie about it, or technically, yeah, because it's a lie of omission. Omission, right? dog. That omit, that omission lie is tricky, one boy. Yeah, you have Yo. to keep that up for life. Good yeah, luck. Man. I can't remember what I ate yesterday, so. Um, there was a, a SNL skit back in the day. I don't even remember who the actor was, but they were making fun of the manager and the, it's like a white person making fun of the black manager and doing like the stereotypical offensive black woman voice like yeah. behind her. And he didn't realize that she was behind him and all his coworkers were kind of giving him the like, no, no, stop, cut it out. And he turned around and realized she was behind him. And she's like, are you making fun of me? And he goes, oh, who was the actor? No, no, this is how I talk. So it kind of like the skit goes through him doing that <laughs> voice like that for like 10 years, basically. And like retiring from the job doing that voice because he had to keep <laughs> yeah. up the lie because he got caught, like, you know, making fun of him. So that's hilarious. Yeah, I thought that was funny. Um, um this past Tuesday, I watched um, the Mike Tyson documentary on ABC, uh-huh. and it was really good. And here I was thinking, like, yo, I'm doing something. Like, this is sports-related. Eli loves boxing. Yeah. I'm going to tell him to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. And when I did, you kind of were not interested at all. So I just want to know why. Like, tell, tell um, you. I'm, I'm going to eventually watch it. I just... I really know everything there is to know about Mike Tyson. It really feels that way. And this reminds me a little bit of when that O.J. Simpson documentary came out a few years ago on ESPN, the 30 for 30. And it was great. I saw it. But it's hard to do stories that have been just done over and over and covered from every angle, every aspect. I've seen several Mike Tyson documentaries. There have been several movies. You know, he's a person that's super interesting, so I follow him a lot, and I watch a lot of his interviews. I listen to his current podcast from time to time. I think it's called Hot, Hot Boxing with Mike. He's super interesting, so that's not to say that it's not good. I've heard from several people that it's good. But it definitely isn't on my immediate to-do radar. list. Yeah, No, it's That's on my fair. radar. I'll, I'll watch it. But I just, with so much limited TV time where you're, like, trying to keep up mm-hmm. with certain mm-hmm. things and certain shows, like, yeah, it just doesn't make fair the enough. cut for now. But I'll definitely get around to watching it. What What it's did you... It's definitely not short. Um, it's a two-part 
series. The The next one is going to come on this Tuesday night. What did you... Um, but I really enjoyed it. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I, kind of opposite from your experience, didn't really know much about him mm-hmm. or his or his history, like mm-hmm. as an athlete. Um, so when I saw that it was on, I was like, oh, this is going to be interesting because I don't really have that much information. You know, just the bits and pieces that you kind of put together from him being such a, you know huge superstar and in the media yeah um but yeah it was just really riveting to see a young black boy you know raised in the worst part of new york one of the worst parts of new york yeah um experience all of these you know tragic things um (laughs) you know his you know his father not being a part of his life his mother kind of being living a alcoholic you know lifestyle bringing a bunch of men home and him experiencing domestic violence at a very young age uh, him experiencing his mom have sex with different men like in front of him several times um you know just a really rough upbringing and seeing him you know just excel in the world of boxing was you know really really cool to see yeah um another thing i enjoyed was his relationship with his first coach or trainer cuz Damato cuz cuz yeah just their relationship you know him being like a father figure to him and yeah it was just really touching so yeah i'm really excited to watch the second part um they were kind of getting more into his more you know dark years as yeah. he was making all of this money at such a, such a young age <laughs> um and being one of the first athletes to get these huge endorsement deals. I think they were saying that, you know, before um, Muhammad Ali had like a endorsement for maybe two products, like a shoe, shoe polish and like a roach powder type thing. And this guy was getting Pepsi deals and, you know, the hu- the big hitters. So it, it's, it, it's going to be interesting. I'm excited to watch the second part. Yeah, man, there, there's, and, there, there's never been anyone like, like, uh, like Tyson, man, really unique yeah. individual, and his arc as a person super fascinating. Just yeah. kind of like young, uh, tragic upbringing, like you said, really damaged individual. Kind of finds his purpose, loses his way for a long time. And it's still like super successful as he's losing his way, but then kind of falls back into this like, you know, this darkness, makes a ton of mistakes, loses it all, and then kind of rebuilds himself and finds himself and finds peace. And you hear him talk now, and he's, it's like a completely different person. He's so wise and... He's still Mike. He's still a little, um, a little off-centered, you know. Like, yeah, he's still a little crazy, but he sounds at peace and happy yeah. and fulfilled and wise. And he, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's just yeah, interesting. And he, they were saying that there's not really a lot of athletes or celebrities in general that have gone th- down such a dark path and still found a way to be you know, good with everybody in the public eye. Kind of, people love him. He's more loved now than ever, is what they were saying. Right, like, right, wow, right, right. Yeah, and I know there was a time where, you know, 
within the last decade where people tried to cancel him because he has a domestic violence uh, history past. He has a rape allegation in his past, you know. Um, so people really tried to kind of cancel him for a long time, but... Right. Super interesting individual. I mean, I and, you know, did they cover the rape story? Uh, the rape allegation? They did... They did mention it, um, but they did not like go into detail about it. They yeah. they were really focusing more on the in the marriage between him and I forgot her name. Robin Givens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that interview that they did together that was right. Just really strange. Yeah. Um, I remember him s- telling them. a story one time that he broke up with Robin Givens, or when they broke up, or she broke up with him he heard that she was, like, dating someone or something. And he went, rushed to her house to see if he can catch who the person is. And when he got there, he saw Brad Pitt leaving her house. You ever heard that? Like a a young, young, a young, like, interview with a vampire, just, like, maybe three, four movies into his career, but... Yeah. Up and coming, unbelievable. She was really big at the time, yeah. Um, and was rumored to be dating a bunch of people in that same circle Michael Jordan, yeah, you know, all of those that's guys. Wild. So, that's wild, sense. yeah, yeah, that's dumb. Wild, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely get around to checking it out. Um, yeah, man, it's good. I was I telling he you, was also, not to like har- you know, harp on this, I don't know how long we've been talking about this, but also the, the fact that he found a lot of inner peace by raising pigeons, yeah. I thought that was so, like, unique and yeah. different, you know? I mean, I know that that's a kind of quintessential Brooklyn thing. Yeah. Um, but really cool. Anyways, you were saying? No, every... Man, whatever it takes, man, I'll buy that man a pigeon myself if it if it keeps <laughs> yeah. him tamed, relaxed, and cool and out of trouble, you know? Like, mm-hmm. whatever it takes. Um... What do you do for inner peace? Um, meditation has really helped a lot, although mm. um, it can be it can be hard sometimes for me to stay consistent with it. Yeah. But I do notice that when I am really intentional with meditation, it um, it does work. Yeah. Um, also, exercise lately, I've been finding a lot. I I feel good after I exercise and like making it a part of my routine. It's just that. I don't know, a good feeling after you get it done. You exercise in the morning or at night? Um, where, whenever I can fit it in. Morning, yeah, afternoon, or night. That's what I always tell people, man. Like, try to do it in the morning, but doing it at night is better than not doing it at all. And then mm-hmm. people also say, no, but I'll only have ten minutes. Five you minutes is minutes. better than nothing. Literally, yeah. five minutes. Do five minutes. I swear. Yeah. Do three minutes. It's better than nothing. People don't believe that, but it's absolutely true. Because I guess it feels silly. It's like, it'll take me longer to get dressed. Like, what are you What are you talking about? But legit, like, if, if no, you do... No, it does make a difference. Even with your, like, sleeping. Oh, yeah, uh, big time. Big time. Quality of your sleep, I mean... Quality of your everything. Yeah. Yeah. Straight up. What do you do? I know you, you, uh, I, I honestly, you about meditation. Um, I pick up the guitar every once in a while and just kind of 
jam a little bit. That's like the thing for me right now. Cool. Um, yeah. Exercise good. works too, but I, I haven't been exercising for a while now. Um, I just can't get consistent. Um, I don't have the time right now, but I'm, I'm trying to work on it and it's like I've had to pick, it's either sleep or exercise and I got to sleep. So, um, I don't get to work out the way I want to, mm-hmm. but yeah, when, when I, I really season, feel you know? right, when I really feel stressed though, I'll pick up the guitar and jam for like five, 10 minutes and I'm usually good. You know what I mean? Sing a little Sing a little song, a little tune on my heart. <laughs> keep keep a song in your heart. Yeah, all day, cause all day. <laughs> um, yeah, man. Whatever it is, you gotta find that that reliever of stress because we all have it building up, and you gotta find a way to release that in a constructive way. It's crazy how I've seen stress. Um, destroy people so i used to work at a place where um we would get a lot of stroke patients but like acute emergency stroke patients who would come in Mm -hmm. because they're actively having strokes and i mean i'm kind of making up the number because i don't remember but it felt like at least half of them it was like when you would do when you would work them up it was like they would all name stress, like high stress. And so it wasn't like, you know, a lot of people, it's, yeah, hypertension and lifestyle related stuff and they don't exercise. But they always mention stress. And I think we all experience some level of stress. That's normal. That's natural. Oh, right? Because, yeah, you, sure. you know, life and whatever and family dynamics and work and whatever. But to mention it as you're having a stroke, it means it's a no. You know what I mean? Like, no, no, it's like stress, stress. It's not regular job and family stress. It's like no, no, non-managed, actual, legit stress. Yeah, if I you're mean, mentioning because it's, it. I think because it's invisible, you know, and it's not something that it's not something that's immediate, and that takes a while to build up, and you know, your body will feel it. You know, whatever. It takes a certain amount of time before you feel it. I think people kind of put it to the side or kind of, you know, don't regard it as high as they should or, you know, take it as serious as they should because they're like, oh, yeah, whatever. I'm stressed, but got to keep going. Got to keep pushing. Got to do this. Got to, you know, and we're not really taking the time for ourselves in the way that, you know, would actually help prevent some of these, you know, crazy things from happening. Can you imagine having a stroke at your age right now? No, right? But it happens every day. Yeah. Yeah, man. And the, <laughs> everyone that has a stroke is so shocked, unless it's like the third or fourth time, which also happens. But it's usually oh, yeah. like, yo, you're just going about your day and now you're in the hospital. You might need a brain surgery in the next like hour. You know, like what the heck? Yeah. And, and after you get the first one, you're more likely to have a second and third. Right. And just the man, the the ramifications of that kind of a medical event are crazy. Yeah. Uh, losing some kind of motor, random motor function, left side weakness Language. permanent, like 
crazy. Could be anything. Emotion. Just de- de- depends where in the brain it is. Where what vessel, what part of the brain yeah, it is. It's, it's crazy. Helpful. Yeah. Um yeah. I uh remember I told you I sold my car? It's yep. funny. Now this is the point in the podcast where it goes down a, a random unnecessary Vain. really <laughs> dark dark path. But so I went I sold my car and I bought another car. I mean, we're again this most of this was already discussed, but because someone wasn't properly doing what they're supposed to be doing, it didn't make it onto the episode, so whatever. Um Yeah. So I, 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 I'm a truck guy now. I sold my car and I got a truck and when I was selling my car, I met a woman who randomly, she was there with a kid, randomly was like, yeah, his dad died in January. And I was like, what? I was like, man, that's terrible. I'm, I'm really sorry to hear that. She's like, yeah, he was 40. He just turned 40. And he, like, we were eating dinner at home. And he just turned all different kinds of colors and had a heart attack and died. And I was just like, whoa, that's crazy. That's really crazy. And I felt terrible, you know? And she's saying it to me as she's, like, kind of looking at her son and kind of getting, like, a little emotional poor thing it's like she couldn't even hold it in it's like she had to tell someone right 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 um so heart attacks and strokes are they're 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 kind of similar they're yeah they're kind of similar in the sense that it's like a a, an occlusion or a blockage right it's a it's a blockage um just depends where it is that's the difference but they're both tied to lifestyle and and stress. It's it's interesting that you said, you, you because you don't see it and it's kind of silent and you don't feel it. Yeah. It's like I would never take a knife and slowly like Correct. stick it through my chest because I immediately feel the pain. Feel but it. it's like not going to sleep yeah. or not exactly. exercising. And there's this- there's this like hustler mentality that I think we're beginning to come out of and people are beginning to preach more on self-care and the importance of that. But there was this, you know, grind all day. Don't stop. I don't sleep until I get it. And, you know, no, please sleep six to eight hours and drink the amount of water that you should, you know, take care of your inner organs. Like these are things that, yeah, they're not going to show up immediately especially when you're in your early 20s or exactly you know what I mean? but the, when you're young the older you get yeah you begin to realize like yo you're not invincible you actually have to try and be good to yourself so that your body can take you through life you know so yeah i um i really i strongly believe and i'm about to find out but i strongly believe there's a way to do both there's got to be a way to be a hustler and grind it out and also have a little bit of balance. It doesn't have to be 50-50 and it doesn't have to be perfect every day and every time. Sometimes you got to do a 14-hour day because it just has to be done. But when you're doing that every day for seven months straight, like there, there's going to be some repercussions. Yeah, and then 
and then eating like crap and then right. not getting up from the couch. Right, right, right. And right, that, right you know right. what I mean? It's compounding. Like, yeah, yeah. Sure, you can have a 14-hour day. Sure, like if I really need to complete this project and I can't, you know, I can't, you know, work around it. I have yeah. to put my all into it. All right, fine. You're not getting, you know, maybe the sleep you need for that week or whatever it is. But then something has to balance that. Okay, what are you doing now? To after offset. That? To offset. Right. Yeah, While you can't. Doing all these things. Are you, you eating properly? Are you giving your body nutrients? You know right. what I mean, like. Yeah, you can't grind all day and all night, plus eat like shit, plus not plus be exercise and smoking. Plus, put poison night. into your body. Yeah, no. That's, it's and then happen. on top of that, not manage stress and like relax and find ways to decompress and whatever. Like it's got to be like you got to really pick and choose your spots where you're gonna you know where you're gonna do those things it can't be all of them and a lot of us literally do all of them yeah yeah and not for a week for like years life yeah i remember i went like when i was young young um yeah i ate like junk food every day and i re like one time I, it hit me i realized Yo, I've literally eaten junk food probably at least five to six times a, a, a week um, for like two, three years straight. Like it hit me. I was like trying to think. I'm like, yeah, no, pretty much all this month. And I just kept going back. And I'm like, yo, yo, this is my lifestyle. I literally yeah. just hit up any fast food thing. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe two times a day even, but at least once a day. Oh yeah, for sure. And I've almost been there too, every and day. My, my experience my excuse was, Oh well, like I work and there is no place to eat here and I don't have time to pack it, so right. it's convenient right. and I have to get it fast and I have thirty minutes. You know what I mean? Like it, it's wild. Yeah, when you're in the Grind when you're mode. in the midst of it, it can it can seem like it's like impossible to get out, but yeah, you know. So listen, I, I heard someone say. Yeah, go ahead. You've heard someone say. I heard someone say, and this has kind of stuck with me too, that you should always treat yourself as like your own child. Like, hmm. would you buy your child McDonald's seven times a week for yeah. you know their whole life? No, you wouldn't. Well, you a lot a lot of like, people do. That, that's funny that you say that because a lot of people do. Uh, well, maybe it's, that's not that. May, that saying wouldn't work for you. <laughs> A lot of people do, yeah. bro. It's just crazy. It's crazy. That's like not even food. Any place that when you ask for extra sauce, they look at you like you just ask them, like, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> like, if you could borrow their, yeah, their debit card for the day, <laughs> you shouldn't be eating there. Like, that should kind of yeah. be the standard. Like, if, I, yeah. if I'm going to ask for something... They're gonna give me a funny look. Yeah. Um, Especially if their ice cream machine isn't working. Yeah, for real. Or like, do is the extra sauce? I mean, does that come out of their pockets or something? <laughs> I would if no, I worked there. They, I would they, literally give you thirty. Be like, here's thirty yeah. here. Well, you get fired. That's that's why they wild. have the job. That shit is wild, bro. Um, so, uh, you mentioned last week, you mentioned last week, uh, or maybe the week before Kwame Brown, have you followed that at all? Like the story's developed quite a bit. Have you followed that at all or no? 
No, I. What are you talking about? I mean, oh, I, I don't think it was Brown? you. It was Virginia that asked me about Kwame Brown. She's like, "Have you heard this Kwame Brown? Have you heard about that at all?" No. So he's engaged in a war with like everyone right now, with Charlemagne. Wait, who is he? Who's Kwame? He's an Green? ex. He's an ex basketball player. He's okay. engaged in a war, like a huge public feud with Charlemagne, um, of uh, Breakfast Club fame. And uh-huh. with Stephen A. Smith of ESPN fame and several other people, so okay. he he was this basketball player who was drafted by Michael Jordan number one overall, and all the people who were like anti sports just turned it off. They're like, ah, oh, they just hit like the twenty five minute mark, talking about sports. It's time to it's time for me to check out. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so, it, you know, in sports, like, the number one overall draft is a big deal. That's the guy that or girl that you expect to be the next, you know, savior of your team, of your franchise, the next big superstar. And a lot of those people don't work out. And it's kind of a big thing, like, when you're drafted number one overall and it doesn't pan out for you. And they're typically considered what you call a bust. Like, oh, that guy was a bust, like... This team traded 50 picks for the number one overall pick, and they picked this person, and it didn't work out. You know, he flamed out of the league. So he was kind of one of those people, and he's been a punching bag for a long time, kind of like in the worst way because he just didn't live up to the expectations. He was big, super athletic, and he's never really said much about it, which is always... Just kind of how it's been. Like, we've just kind of gotten used to Kwame Brown being the punching bag for sports analysts, other athletes, owners. They He played with Kobe. I think he won a ring with Kobe. Kobe was kind of mean to him. Because, you know, he had that personality, that, like, demand excellence personality. Jordan drafted him when Jordan was... Uh, uh, the uh, The general manager, I think he was of the Wizards, maybe? He worked for the Wizards, and he drafted him, and so he treated him like crap, and he lasted long in the league, but he was always just kind of like a, a bench guy, a role-player guy. So they were talking about him on a show, Matt Barnes. Do you know who Matt Barnes is? Matt, Matt, Matt Barnes, um, Stephen Jackson. Podcast? Yeah, who's another former... It's like a basketball podcast, right? Yes. It's called, what's it called? Up in Smoke or something? Smoke something? Whatever. Um, yeah, they were talking about him, and I guess he took exception with some of the things that they said about them, about him. And he just kind of snapped. So the guy now has a huge following, and he's doing, like, lives daily and having guests on. And it's just funny watching him kind of parlay this. He got into it with uh, Charlemagne from The Breakfast Club. He's parlaying this rage. And it's like, you hear him talk, and it's really awkward. And you feel bad. And he's he's saying some crazy off-the-wall shit. Like, he's going hard. But you feel bad because you can tell it's just like, 15 years of abuse, like, manifesting into this, yeah, like, what we're seeing, he's lashing out at people, and 
It's very, it's very, it's very weird, man. Is it one of those really things weird. that's like hard to watch, or is it like interesting? No. Like, yes, we want more. It's it's definitely it's a little bit of both. I mean, it, I guess it just depends on on where your head is at. Like, I can't watch twenty minutes of a rant um, <laughs> where you're insulting somebody. Like, that's not my thing. Um. So for me, there's like a deeper level to it where I'm just seeing like a guy who's been a punching bag for a long time, just say, "Yo, enough is enough." Like. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm tired of it, you know, um, and lash out at people, but it's gotten really ugly and awkward and uncomfortable. Some of the things yeah. that have been said, um, but it's interesting because now he has a huge thing. following. Sorry, the whole bullying thing in America is interesting because, you know, when the kids do it, it's like bullying is wrong and anti-bullying and you know we're against this and this is a safe space but in society we bully each other like crazy yeah it's like you wonder what you wondering why it's trickling down to the kids this is why you treat people like crap and it's gonna surface hmm yeah man don't be a bully bro don't do it yeah. I swear, like, I'll be one of those moms, like, I, I don't know what I would do if my kid was being bullied. I'd really go berserk. Like, I, for all the moms out there handling situations like that, more power to, to you. Not just moms, parents. I think I'll be moms, more disappointed dads. if my kid is a bully. Yeah. Than if they're being bullied. Yeah, man, I don't like that bullies too. No, I'm not going to be bro. disappointed in my kid if they're being bullied. I'm going to be so No, upset. no, no, like, no, I, I understand. No, I understand what you're saying. I'm saying for me, like, it wouldn't bother me, like, if they're being bullied. Teach them how to handle it. If they're being a bully, I think it would bother me more than if they're being bullied. It's like, you but should Eli, know like, better. Kids, they are so fragile. I mean, I get it. We had to man up and deal with certain things and you know that type of thing but these kids out here are being put in some pretty extreme situations especially with the internet being so prevalent you know um you got well i don't know i'm kind of of the school of thought that you got to teach your kid to stand up for themselves i mean bullying is not right and i don't think it's okay and there comes a point depending on what we're talking about if people are getting their their teeth knocked out and their nose is broken there comes a point where like adult intervention has to occur but you got to be able to stand up for yourself too and i think it's important to like teach that to your kid like you know you play within whatever the, the you play within whatever the bounds of the you know of the rules are you know you're, you're not telling your kid to go to school and fight people or whatever or putting them in a scenario where they're getting hurt because maybe the person bullying them is three times their size. But I don't know, man. I was. I think what I'm thinking in my head is like the situations where these kids are logging into the internet or whatever yeah. you know, platforms they're on. And they're constantly being told words of yeah, like, yeah, you're, yeah. Not, you're not shit and yeah. you know, kill yourself. And right. you know, these constant like conditioning of things from their peers. Yeah. I don't know. It does something more psychological. That's more psychological bullying than it is actually. Like, oh, it's this kid that I'm fighting at school, you know. And how do you handle that? How do you even know as a parent that that's going on? You, know? you could tell. You could tell I'm it's older than you because you could tell I'm older than you because you're talking about cyberbullying and I'm out here thinking about like 
you know, three kids, <laughs> like, yeah. th- three, three, three kids cornering, like, another, a little one in the locker room, you know, like, that's, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, but, but put those together, because the cyberbullying part's gonna come where someone records that altercation, right, of, of them giving the, the smaller kid a swirly, you know what a swirly is, right? Yeah. Giving him a swirly in the bathroom, <laughs> and then putting it on, you know, IG, and it makes the rounds, and it has like ten thousand views in a month, you know. But and they refuse to yeah. take it down. It's crazy, don't man. Don't be a bully. Definitely because don't be a bully. Yeah. Well, a lot of the kids who are bullies, their parents are, are usually bullies. Exactly. All right, y'all. Yeah, on that note, have a great Memorial Day weekend. For sure. Safe, take care of yourself, do things in stress and constructive ways, mm. and yeah. Um, have a good one. That's another episode of Dime a Dozen. Check us out on Instagram at Dime a U G H Dozen. And yeah. Later. Peace.